You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. Welcome to a show that's as real as it gets. If you're looking for niceness, this is not it. Nope. <laughs> real topics, real conversation. Of course, you had to go open up a can of worms. <laughs> I did. And probably some real controversy. Or, like, I'm, I'm very blunt or whatever. It, it's only because, like, I really try to, like, say what's on my mind. It is like you kind of knew what was if you know who I am and you know what kind of person I am, like you knew it was coming. Jason Klaus, I mean, running on adrenaline, caffeine, and rage at this point. So let's roll. Amy Sheridan, like I have pains, I am old, and I have went through. This is the real podcast on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) This is the real podcast here on the PFC Entertainment Network. I'm Jason Klaus, and of course, I'm being joined by Amy Sheridan. It is Amy. Who's that? Is that what you said? That'd be you, dear. <laughs> oh, okay. It seems like, you know, Amy, in some regards, it seems like in, in, in one aspect, we just did this the other day, and then in uh, in another it's frame not- of mind is like, man, it's been forever since we've, you know, seen each other, since we've talked about anything, although in reality, it was two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like. So much has been going on for me, for you, and um, kind of a weird dynamic. So we're here in the studio. It's it's Amy Week. I love that for me. I love that for you. Love that for the listeners. So I know. How's I things? Everything is. It's weird. Everything is just so weird. And I'll I'll get to that in just a little bit. Like just to how weird it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but how's I like okay, so I know I know it's my show and and I know oh we should be talking about what's going on like on Amy Week or whatever, but like I'm I'm so okay, so I've been reading a lot of articles about this strike, you know, and we had talked about this last week on my show mm-hmm. and it was amazing and like my husband listened to it and he was just like, Oh, there was a lot of things that I did not know that you guys discussed and I'm just like, Yes. Yes, like precisely why I wanted to discuss it because a lot of people are not educated on this. 
And the more that we, like you educated me on the entire strike situation, you know, and in even some vague parts too, like I still didn't know. Now I'm on social media because I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like what the latest news is on the strike and whether or not it's going to like affect you. <coughs> Excuse me, chip and throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating Fritos. Sorry, guys. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to make sure that it's like, it's, it's not impacting my friends, my family, you know, and, and if it is, I totally want to pray about it, you know, um, like for real, not just like send you prayers or tie them to a fucking balloon and send them up to the universe, you know, like, but I, I really actually want to like pray for that kind of stuff, you know, and at, at least, um, uh, uh, emits some kind of good juju or even just emit some good information. You know, something that we all need to be apprised of. And I find myself looking at these articles and then I, I, I always go to the comments and I'll read the comments. And there is a ton that is like, oh, you workers whining about everything and you push a button. And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what Jason was talking about. So like, I see it more and more now and I'm like more aware and more in tune and it makes me sick. It makes me so ill. I can only imagine what it's doing to you guys. So tell me what it, the latest is. Okay, like, so it, it depends on the day for one. Okay. You know, if I'm having a good day, generally, and I am, by and large, you, we and we talked about this, off air i'm glowing nowadays you know things you in my personal glowing. life are starting to fall into place the way i've been waiting for them too so by and large i'm a very happy individual and when i see shit like that on social media i chuckle however you do get you do come across that one butthole that really pushes one button that triggers me and then i have to go into his dms and explain to him why he is fundamentally fucking wrong. Okay. Right. Uh, I, and we, we mentioned this on the last episode. It's things like this that bring out either the best or the worst in people. And it puts on full display your level of commitment and your level of ignorance. Because if you, if you are really interested in what's happening, there is more than enough reputable sources out there to actually become educated as to what is going on versus rumor and innuendo. And that's what a lot of this is because of the way this strike is being conducted. We talked about this. This is an unprecedented approach. Right. They are targeting all three of the big three all at once. Now, when we talked last time about this, we were coming up to the contract you know, the, the expiration, the deadline, right? So now we are, as of this recording, we're almost two weeks into this thing. And upon the contract expiration, UAW president, Sean Fain went on Facebook live, said that neither one of the big three had come up with a tentative agreement. So he was orchestrating what's called the stand-up strike. First time ever. This is a direct correlation and pays homage to the sit-downer strike of 1937, which is what put Flint on the map in terms of a union stronghold. Right. Because 
Flint Assembly, the GM plant in Flint that builds the Silverados and the Sierras, is the oldest operating plant in General Motors right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of history, a lot of lineage that, that is tied with our plant and with local 598 and 659. 659 takes care of the people at like the engine plants and, and things like this, still in the same complex, just not part of the general assembly part of, of GM in Flint. Okay. okay. So, uh, plant for Ford. He targeted. Stop. Say that one more time because you completely blanked out. Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. He, I, I don't know what's going on with the internet here, and it only happens when I record because I did it on on the power tripping through the 80s show too i don't know what the fuck is happening but it's starting to ride my last nerve um so he uh president fain targeted ford's M michigan assembly plant um Vinceville, missouri for gm now on the surface these are not the high profile plants and people okay. our membership were pissed they're like what is he doing like the, the amount of shit talking that went on on the floor that night because i was at work that night when all of this started started happening and the amount of shit talking that went on is like what is he doing what is he doing he's he's ruining this he's ruining this right until 12 hours later 12 hours later, we saw the first signs of why this is happening. And for those of you who are uneducated and you're going on rumor and innuendo, or you're just reading the headlines because the actual article may take longer than two minutes to actually read because people's attention span don't, don't go past that. Right. Uh, but yeah. I don't get it. I don't either, but that whole sentence, I didn't get none of it. Um it, it will will piece this all all together. Right. Um so what's happening is he is strategically choking the life system out of the big three. It's almost like a you die by a thousand cuts. Right. Okay. 12 hours after the strike was initiated, we saw our first sign of the impact that this makes. And, and I, I'll use Stellantis as an example. Okay. They have a plant in Toledo. They were the target. Stellantis didn't think Toledo would be the target. So they took parts and engines out of another plant that they thought was going to be shut down, sent them to Toledo. By the time they got to Toledo, Toledo was shut down. All those parts are now engines and everything are locked in Toledo. They can't get them out. The Teamsters, who represent the truck drivers, that hauls all of these parts for all the big three, came out and said, you're fucked. We are not crossing UAW picket lines. You're going to have to figure something else out. Okay. 
That's solidarity. That's, and I'll tell you, that's fucking brilliance. That is absolute brilliance. Um, I can't. Nobody saw that coming. It's it's fucking brilliant. It, it's brilliant. This course of action has the CEOs of these companies in panic mode because they don't know what's coming. Now, the second residual effect happened earlier this week. Wentzville, Missouri, which is a GM plant, has been idled for two weeks now because of the strike. Well, their stamping plant provides parts and hoods and things of this nature for other GM plants. Fairfax, Kansas went down yesterday as of this recording. They had to lay them off because Wentzville was not sending the parts to Fairfax. They have no parts to run. They cannot make another vehicle because they don't have the parts. That is a residual effect. Brilliant. And here's why. Because they are laid off. They're not on strike. They are now eligible for unemployment. And because they're, they're eligible for unemployment, it does not tap into the strike fund. So now that strike fund gets extended that much more. See? So this is a very strategic, like, the CEOs of these companies came to play chess. Our union president showed up to play fucking, he brought his chess pieces and he's winning. Yeah. And now at now the most harshest critics are, and there's going to be some, they should shut the whole fucking thing down and blah, blah, blah. No, you don't do it that way. You could do it that way, but this is much more effective. It's a psychological else because the CEOs are scrambling. Where is he going to go next? Flint Assembly and Fort Wayne Assembly, we are responsible for making the Silverados and the Sierras. Right. And they are the moneymaker for GM. We, that those are the highest pr produced and most sought after models. We, the, he could have taken that completely off the game plan, but he, he's targeting the smaller vehicles at a time where Ford, Chrysler, and Toyota are unveiling or are supposed to unveil their, these brand new revamped vehicles, right? So GM wants to be a part of this, and not, but they can't. You see what I'm saying? So it's, uh, it's very strategic. And, like, I'm over here with a bag of popcorn, and, like, I'm here for the show. I feel right. like this is um, this is going to be a more regional thing. And even though there's a lot of attention, a lot of focus is on Flint right now. Because tomorrow, as we're recording this, um, the phase two goes into effect if there's not a tentative agreement. I was just so, about to say, I can't wait to see what happens next. Right. I personally think as far as the GM representative, uh, in terms of what plant is going to be impacted next, I believe, and I may be wrong, I'm just speculating, I have no inside information. I believe it's going to be Arlington, Texas, which makes okay. the Tahoes, the Escalades, these higher-end SUVs. Very profitable plant. 
not as profitable as Flint Assembly, but still very profitable. But if you look at the map, Amy, he targeted Michigan, Ohio, and Missouri first. It filtered over into Kansas. There's nothing west of Kansas at this point, except for Arlington, Texas. So if he shuts down Arlington, Texas, that is going to be another region, another pocket of people in this country that is now affected. And that is going to cause a residual effect, a trickle down, not just for the other GM plants, but all these smaller part plants that are contracted to make whatever they're making for the manufacturing of these vehicles. It is fascinating to no end. And I'm here for it. I don't want to strike. Let me go on record and tell you, I don't want to strike. Right. Who who does? But I will. Because we do deserve a bump in pay. We deserve these things that were ripped away from us when the companies came to the union and said, hey, we're about ready to go bankrupt. We need help. The union workers made concessions. They allowed these things under the guise that they would be getting them back. That was 2008. That was 15 years ago, right? So yeah. they still haven't gotten shit back for it. And that happened before my time in GM. But as a union worker now, like I know the COLA thing is very important to the longer term employees. And I, look, I, I would like to have it too. Make no mistake about it. I would be happy with just a bump in pay because when you look at an industry that over 10 years, has profited a quarter of a trillion, that's with a T, trillion dollars in profit after all the bills are paid. You mean to tell me that the men and the women that actually did the work on the assembly lines and at these manufacturing plants and things of this nature, the ones that made the product to facilitate that kind of profit, they don't deserve some of that kickback? Fuck you. And anybody else that has an issue with that, I'm sorry that you took your road to employment for an industry that is not represented by a union that will fight for you, fight for your rights, and fight for your wages. That's a you problem, not a me problem, not my brothers and sisters problem. That's a you problem. If you want to be part of this, quit your fucking job and try to get into the automotive industry if it means that much to you. But the bottom line is, you have no fucking idea. We talked about this Two weeks ago, you have no idea what goes on in these plants. You have no idea what happens to our bodies, our minds in manufacturing these vehicles that you people buy, that you depend on. So don't sit there and tell me that you know what the fuck is going on because you clearly have no idea. By sentence two of your comment, I have already pegged you for being uneducated. And I'm I'm trying to be politically correct here. But that's what it comes down to. You are uneducated. You are going on rumor and innuendo and third, fourth, and fifth hand information. And your stance is absolute null and void. Yes. So let me ask you this. Excuse me. Um, What do you think about the comments that the big, I mean, some of the big three have come forward and said, if you, if we give you what you want, like it will, it's not sustainable, you know, like it's not sustainable as, as a company. Um, It will 
put us into bankruptcy, you know, like, cause I, I've read a lot of that too, that they're just like, if we give them exactly what they want, like it, it, it will sink our company, like, and nobody will have a job, you know, like, what do you think about those comments when they, when they come back and say that, you know, like some of these things that you guys are asking for might potentially bankrupt the company in the future. And like, I know that they're making billions of dollars in profit, you know, a quarter of a trillion dollars as, as you just expressed. But um, that kind of shit also got them in trouble before. So how do you feel about those kinds of comments? And do you think that um, your UAW president, Fain, if he's taking any of that into consideration as well? I look at it for what it is, and it is an attempt to garner the sympathy vote from the general consumer. All the workers are bullying us into trying to do this, that thing, and we're just trying to keep our business afloat. Here's the problem. We ran preliminary numbers, and we, and, and, and we went on the high end of it. Okay. We, like I sat down at breakfast last week. It was me and four of my union brothers and sisters. Just an, an, an impromptu thing. Hey, let's go. Let's go have some breakfast. Sure. We sat down at at a restaurant, and one of them pulled out, you know, a notebook, and we just started crunching numbers. We weren't there to talk about anything. We were just there to have breakfast and enjoy each other's company. Right. Um. But but of course we're gonna start talking about this, right? So they pull out a piece of paper and we start crunching numbers. We went on the high end. We went to the 46% pay rate, pay raise that was initially um, incorporated or asked for. With that, with COLA, um, leave healthcare alone. After, if they were to give us a 46% pay raise over the course of a four-year contract, after all the bills were paid and all that, they're still profiting just south of $20 billion. Okay. So they're, for the CEOs to come out and try to portray themselves as the victim is fucking insulting. Okay. Our CEO... <laughs> I got to be careful how I do this. I, I got to speak specifically on facts. Right. You, you, you can't fault me if I'm speaking on facts. Right. Our CEO went on a national news show for a 24-hour cable news network. You can probably put two and two together here. Yep. For 12 minutes, this woman demonstrated what I believe to be a total lack of knowledge for what is she for what she is paid for. Okay. She was butchered by the the person conducting the interview. And this individual tried every conceivable way to frame the question for our CEO to fully understand what was being asked. The answers that came back did not reflect on what was being asked. 
which leads me to believe this. The CEOs of these companies truly are not calling the shots. Yeah. The, the stockholders are. The person that is designated as the CEO is simply there as the figurehead. They are there as the authority figure. I will use this in, in comparison. Adam Pierce is a on-air WWE official that makes matches, like, kind of like a, like a general manager. He don't own the fucking company. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The CEOs, are they have these fancy, these fancy titles, and they have this impressive compensation package that garners them millions upon millions upon millions of dollars a year. What are you doing? What, what does your day-to-day -day look like? I would like to be a fly on the wall to see what goes into a job that necessitates that kind of compensation. But that's right. not my bitch here. If, if the stockholders feel the need to pay her or any other CEO that amount of money for whatever it is that she does, then bless her heart and bless her family and good for them. But on the grand scheme of things... We see what's happening. She is no more than a glorified fucking Muppet. Somebody is controlling the mouth and moving the head around. Do you see what I'm saying? And I don't mean I do. this to be she, disrespectful. She's a spokesperson. Huh? She's a spokesperson. Glorified spokes spokesperson. Yes. She, she's the, the face. Yeah. And I'm not saying she, she has not worked hard in her life. I'm not suggesting that. Right. She's, I know she's. You know, she had to get, she had to do something to get to where she's at. And I'm not discounting that. But the way you're portraying yourself and what is actually happening are not meeting up in the middle. And why people don't take that more into consideration, I don't fucking know. Right. Well, I do. It's ignorance. Because you can lay, we can sit here for three hours, Amy, and lay out facts and figures. And this is what, what it was in 2008. And this is what it was in 2019. And this is where we are now. And you're always going to have some jack off that doesn't understand the English fucking language. And they're like, oh, God, you guys are entitled and you want this, you want that. Yeah. You guys should be making 18 bucks an hour. Motherfucker, come apply. Apply for one of these jobs. Grab a pair of gloves. Come meet me on the line. Let me show you what this is all about. I guarantee you, you will be gone by lunch. Because your yeah. little, your little cute little man hands aren't going to be, be able to handle the kind of pressure and everything that goes into building a vehicle. Yeah. Don't be a butthole. You don't need to be a butthole about this. If right. it bothers you that bad, stay the fuck off of social media and keep your opinions to yourself. Because at the end of the day, you getting all bent out of shape and spew and wasting all of your time to put your rhetoric out there ain't going to change a goddamn thing. We're going to get what we get, regardless of how you feel about it. Right. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, you're always going to have those keyboard warriors, no matter what you do. Um, th those are inevitable. And, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with like wrestling and with uh, roller derby. Like when you're first starting out, like it, it's all fun and games and like, oh, yeah, I want to be a professional wrestler. Oh, yeah, I want to play, you know, roller derby. There's a certain kind of person that is able to fulfill all the requirements that you need to become a a wrestler. And I'll, I'll just 
I'll just say like an even like an okay wrestler and an okay derby player. Like you don't have to be the best one, but you at least certainly have to be okay with it in, in order to 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 have matches and to play in bouts. Um, the same thing goes for you know making automobiles. Like you have to be a certain kind of person and a certain type of person and have that you know that that mentality and that you know like you're you're willing to work for it and you know it, it's not it's not a desk job it's it's not an easy peasy job it's it's certainly not roofing but you're making these vehicles and you're making them in a certain way and there's there's different lines and different things and different like components that that all go into making a vehicle uh, without a defect <laughs> And I'll, I'll say that too, with, without a defect. Um, there's, you know, certain qualifications, certain ramifications, and, you know, it. it's not for everyone. Not everyone can do it. You know, it's it, it takes just a, a special kind of person. And it, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're more superior than they are or anything like that, but you are making a a vehicle that is worth over a hundred thousand dollars right now in this market and you're making a vehicle with the expectation that the public that a family is going to purchase this vehicle load up their family in it drive it and eventually you know hope hopefully not but you know get in a crash and you're going to hope to god that you did your job right and made that vehicle as, as safe to, as safe as possible and that's what these companies build their reputation on is the safety factor and the wow factor and the look of the vehicle but most of all consumers are so worried about safety and if you're not doing your job right if you're just pushing a fucking button like it just doesn't work like that you know and and i i wouldn't want a a a, a nurse practitioner to to surgically work on my heart. I wouldn't want a a person that a contractor that builds houses to work on my car. I wouldn't want a mechanic, you know, to come in and work on my house. Like you're in a profession for a reason. You know, like you're you're skilled in certain areas, you can take certain areas, and and everyone is just as equally as important. Vehicles are like a way of life. It's not like building a fucking hamburger, okay? <laughs> like you can go without a fucking hamburger, but you cannot go without a vehicle, unfortunately, unless you live like right next to the place that you work. It just doesn't work like that. What you guys do is very important. It's a very important work to like every American, every American and every, you know, other other country, like anyone that that drives vehicles, like you guys are making these vehicles for them. And it's 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 important fucking work. It's right up there with a fucking surgeon. Everyone needs their body parts to live. Well, everyone needs a fucking vehicle to, to drive to go to work to make the money to live they need to drive to go to places to get their groceries to you know like it it's just it's it's a necessity 
and you're an, an essential, you know, worker and not in like the COVID, not in the COVID way, but right. um, these, these people just don't really take that shit into account. You know, it's, this is, this is not fucking fast food. This is not anyone can do it because no, a lot, a lot of people cannot. They cannot no. deal with that kind of mental shit that goes along with your day to day. They cannot handle the fucking people that they have to work with every day. They cannot handle the hours. They cannot handle the pain that your joints, your hands, your muscles, you know, they, they just factory work is, is literally only for a select people. You know, it, it, it's for select people and not everyone can do it. Just like not everyone can wrestle. Not everyone can go to medical school, you know, and become surgeons. Not it, shit. Even people that do go to medical school to become surgeons, not all of them become surgeons because right. there's a certain skill set, you know. So, like, sure, you can do anything that you want to if you just put your mind to it. But really, no, really, really, no. That that's not really true in a lot of cases. And the same for wrestling. You know, if if you if you just do not possess a certain skill set and for some reason you cannot build upon that skill set, your chances of becoming a wrestler without those those certain skills that you need, it's null and void. That means you're just never you're not gonna wrestle. Otherwise you're gonna fucking hurt people. You're gonna right hurt people really bad um and the same goes for derby not everyone can be a fucking derby person you know not everyone is as coordinated and you know whatever possess those skills you know like that's a whole entire another set of skills and that's why it's like it's it's just not as big you know and and it's not as talked about because it's like these people possess a certain skill set and I know I'm like going off on this weird tangent about skills. Well, no, <laughs> because I mean, you, you're laying out great, you know, great examples because, you know, during your time of working with me in the MWO, how many football players came in with their, with their chests all puffed out? Oh, I can do this. They take one bump. We don't see them ever again. Right. You, know, yeah, you may be, you may have been a great athlete on, on the gridiron or whatever, but you step foot into a professional wrestling ring and you got humbled real quick. Oh my God, this actually hurts. It's because you had a pre a preconceived notion and that's what's happening now with the general public and the strike. And this is why I take this as personally as I do. You talk about safety and I, you know me, you've known me well enough for a long time to know my work ethic is second to fucking none. And the job that I'm on, that I do for eight, nine hours a night, specifically deals with the installation of the seatbelts and the fucking airbags. It gets no more bigger than that. And I take that very, very seriously, and I'll tell you why. Because with every truck that, that I'm working on, it could be, this could be, my wife could be driving this, this truck with our kids in it. You could be driving this truck with Tim and your and, and your boys in it. You know what I'm saying? I think about that. This this vehicle is going to be responsible for transporting people to and from work, to and from school, to and from practice, all ages, all sizes, all creeds, colors, doesn't even matter. 
I take that into consideration and I do not ever forget that. Like what I do is very important. What right. the guy across from me is doing is very important. The ones that are just screwing in the sill plates that hold all the wires in, in, in one place. That's important. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's why I take this shit as seriously as I do. This is not just a paycheck. And, and even though, and I've made no bones about the fact that what I do for a living right now is not what I want to do for the, for the rest of my life. Sure. I recognize what it is. This pays the bills. So while I'm there and while they're paying me, I, they are paying me very good for what I do. So I, in return, am giving them everything that I've got. That's my work ethic. Even on the worst days where I'm pissed off at management because they made some boneheaded, you know, some sort of decision that makes zero sense. But on paper, it looks good. Well, look, on paper and on a computer screen does not, you know, translate to real life. It just doesn't. It doesn't take into consideration all the unknown elements. You know what I'm saying? But that I will never allow that to derail my attention to detail, my focus on what I'm doing, because God forbid, if I fucked up on a seatbelt and the person driving that vehicle gets into an accident and that seatbelt does not restrain them and they get critically hurt, if not worse, that's, I don't need that on my conscience. You know, right. I don't need that in my heart. And I need to know that when that truck leaves my footprint, I gave it every ounce of attention and detail and everything on those components that I'm responsible for. I wish more people, you know, not just in the automotive industry, but just in general, because I feel like that would just improve our overall morale if we actually gave a fuck about something other than ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And, and I mean, everything that you've laid out today, I mean, it just like that goes to show that it, it's, it's much more than just pressing a button. Oh yeah. You know, and, and that's what, what people don't understand. Sure. In every, in every industry and in every job and every, you know, factory, you're going to have like, there's going to be some part of it that it, it's, it's going to be like easy work. It's like, mm, I don't really have to think about this. It's, you know, it's easy work. That doesn't mean that the whole shop is like that. It just means that like that one task is like that. But in a lot of shops, like you wrote, you rotate lines, you, you rotate different things that you do, you know, and it's, it's because um, of uh, er ergonomics, like in your hands and your movements. And, you know, they want to make sure that you're not just doing like severe damage to your ligaments and all that stuff. Like there's so many things that go into shop work. And it, I mean, it's not just all, you know, making automobiles, you know, it's, it's every, every factory, every industry, they all have their own ways of doing things and they all do it in a certain way, but yeah, sure. There, there's going to be jobs that'll be more easier than, than the other, but why does it have to be all fucking absolutely terrible for someone to give a shit or to take it seriously, you know? And, and you're right. I mean, if, if they, if they want to fuck around, they can come and find out. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I guarantee, you know, just like you said, they won't, they won't last a fucking day. No. Their ass is going to be hurting and then their arms are not going to fucking move the next day and they're going to be like, oh, I need a mental health. McDonald's, day. take me back. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going back to Walmart. Fuck this. <laughs> I'll go to Burger King and you can have it your way. I promise. You know. <laughs> it's just like Jesus. It's yeah. it's but um i'm so very glad for the update thank you so much on that um you know i as i'm hearing things like i'm just i'm super interested you know and i i just want to learn like as much as possible and and something i mean you're right he's you said to pull on the heartstrings and i didn't know like i don't know what numbers to crunch or anything like that because i'm not in that industry anymore but I'll tell you what, like when I was reading some of these things from these CEOs from the big three, I was just like, oh, you're right. And it it, it does. It, it pulls on the heartstrings. And I'm like, well, but if it's going to bankrupt them, you know, that's like my first thought. But I'm not in the industry. So I, I don't have that knowledge or that presence of mind to say, let's crunch the damn numbers and see if it's going to put you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad that we had this conversation. And I hope that anybody listening um, also gets a little bit more knowledgeable. And if just in case you fell for some of that, like I did. And I mean, I, like I, did, I wasn't like, oh, well, they should just not be striking. No, 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 no. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it did pull at my heartstrings a little like, well, yeah, maybe. And I'm I'm wondering what kind of deal they could come across that wouldn't bankrupt their company as well. And then as you just laid out, it it wouldn't at all if they gave it the full. So I'm I'm so much like I'm really glad that I I got at least that kind of, you know, information so I can think, well, what if they're lying? <laughs> you know, the other aspect of, about this strike that not a lot of attention is being paid to, at least on this side of the border, at the same time that the UAW is striking the big three, the Canadian union called Unifor is also striking. And but they have reached a tentative agreement with Ford uh, as of a couple days ago that they are taking to their membership. They they went the traditional route of focusing on one company at a time versus all three. Ford was their first target and they um, worked through an extension of their contract because at literally at the 11th hour. Um, Ford came with a tentative agreement that Unifor was like, okay, this is something worth looking at. They hammered out the rest of the deal over the course of the night. So it is my understanding that uh, Unifor is taking the the tentative agreement from Ford, presenting it to their membership for them to vote on. If it passes, it will be ratified, and then they will they will begin immediately working under their new contract. I'm okay. not sure what the order of elimination here is. I don't know if, if Stellantis or General Motors is next for the Canadians, um, but if you get the American Union and the Canadian Union <laughs> striking at the same time and why they allowed that to happen is, you know, I mean, it's good for our, our position, but for these companies are like, damn, how did we let that be a thing where both, <laughs> you know, have, are striking at the same time. So, you know, I am keeping tabs on what's happening with the Canadians as well, because yeah. it, that could potentially have a trickle down effect for us. And we are certainly paying attention to see what 
kind of deals the Canadians are getting, but you have to, it's kind of like comparing apples to oranges because we have healthcare incorporated into our compensation. The Canadians have national healthcare. That's not part of, of their compensation package. And that's huge. Yeah. Health insurance is, is so fucking expensive, you know, here in the U S and in Canada. Yeah. It's, it's, it's given to you. And I, I had read a little bit about Unifor and um, that they were, you know, they were coming up on their, their contract. And as of like, I think it was, it was either last night or earlier this morning. I, I can't exactly remember um, when, but as I was reading the article, the the details of the contract were not out yet. So I'm I'm waiting to see what kind of details that the contract outlines. But I mean, like you said, yeah, Canada's like a completely different country. So it's going to be different because, you know, their country offers them universal health care and, you know, all, all of this other um good benefits so their boost in pay might be you know like absolutely more because they don't have any of these other benefits or you know it, it's gonna look really weird but it, it'll definitely be interesting to see and hopefully people are you know taking that into account as well yeah so it's uh it, it's it's pretty crazy you know it's just so much is happening all at one time um you know, we, we had four years to prepare for this, but I, I didn't realize it was going to, no one saw this coming because yeah. four years ago, Sean Fain was, was a UAW official. He wasn't the president, the, his predecessor, um, uh, allegedly conducted in some less than stellar dealings and which is why he's not there anymore. Right. Um, Sean Fain comes in, wins the election, and there was, you know, that election, because it was so close initially, it spawned a runoff between he and his opponent, and he wound up getting the nod. So for his first time being a part of something like this, like he's more, he's, <laughs> the motherfucker's moving mountains right now. And whether it, and this is a source of contention too, whether it's because he legitimately cares for the membership of the United Auto Workers, which I feel like he does to some degree, but there's other people that are looking at this as he has political aspirations and he's using this as a resume bullet point. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. He's not indicated one way or the other of what his aspirations are beyond his current position and role, but as of the here and now, I am I am on Team Fane here. I have I'm I'm supporting him. I'm watching like the rest of the world is to see what this next move is. And like you, like we said at the very top of the program here, we're gonna find out tomorrow. He's right. going uh, he's going live on Facebook, um, and he's he's going to say this is phase two, and because we do not have a tentative agreement, bam, bam, and bam are now stand up and strike. Or, yeah. you know, the the uh, the cerebral part of it is what if he said we're going to do Arlington and Roswell and Providence. But <laughs> when it comes down to it, three other plants actually are the ones that stand up and strike. There's just so many moving parts. And on the surface, we, we can sit here, we can take every manufacturing plant from all the big three, 
put them on the map. This is where they're at and try to pinpoint and try to try to predict. Hey, man. Is rolling the dice and what whatever comes up, that's what it is. But there's a plan and yeah, and, and to see the trickle down effect and it may take a day two seven to kind of catch up, but we're starting to see the genius that this is. So yeah. even in the event that this is being used as a resume bullet point for our political aspirations down the line, fuck it, it's working. I'll right. vote for you, Sean. You got my vote, pal. You get me more money. You leave my health care alone. You make it to where I can support my family, support myself. I don't give a shit. You know, I'll work 49 hours a week. I'm not afraid to work. I'm not afraid to earn my paycheck. Other people are. I, I understand that. I am not one of them. Um, let's just do the damn thing. And the CEOs of, of these companies, listen, the longer you play hardball, the worse it's going to get for you in, in the long run. Because essentially everything will shut right down. It yeah. just will. It's... It's an interesting web of a lot of moving parts that make the entire industry roll. And it's pretty fascinating. I learned a lot, for sure. Yeah, me too. I mean, when I first heard of this tactic about not using, you know, like not just everyone striking and, you know, using up the stand up and strike method that was like brand new. And they didn't know. It was kind of like, oh, my God, this is like a mystery, you know. And, yeah. of course, you you know me, and I, I love a damn good mystery. Something I can figure out. You know, like, who done it? What's going to happen next? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Like, of course, I... I, I don't like people, you know, like sh having having to strike. I don't like people m missing out on all that. But I really feel like this is for such a good cause. And I mean, obviously, it, it's for your guys' livelihoods. And for people that make such important pieces of our daily lives, you know, like you guys deserve so much more than, than what you're getting. Right. And... Um, you at least deserve to make a livable wage. That is, that's huge. You know, that that's huge. It like put the cola aside, put the pensions aside. Like everyone deserves to make at least a livable wage, unless you're in like an entry level position um, that is mainly utilized, you know, by the, the younger population to work their way up to something greater. You know, so I, I believe that there are tears and, you know, a, a teenager isn't just going to go pop into fucking GM and, and get a job or pop into Ford or Stellantis and, and you know, just like get a job willy nilly, like right then and there and, and then work their way up. You know, it it doesn't exactly work like that. You know, usually um, the majority of people that are not in like internships and you know, stuff like that, they usually get these smaller amount jobs that like are at McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King and pizza places and, you know, pizza delivery people. Um, and, and then they, they just slowly but surely work their way up the ladder. And like, that's, that's how, that's how it's always been. And, and that's the way that it should be. You know, I don't think that, uh, 
probably probably going to get so much heat for this, but I like I hate the fact that workers at McDonald's are wanting like 15 fucking dollars an hour. Like, bitch, you fuck up my food all the time. Like, if you cannot make my fucking food right, you do not deserve 15 I, I have said like, that a thousand times. I, yeah. I hate it. And I'm just like, they're like, we deserve a, li- a livable wage too. Okay, well, if you're like the manager of McDonald's, I can see you wanting a livable wage because like that is what you that's obviously what you're like aspiring to do in life. And that's what you want to do. You want to like manage a whole restaurant like but when you were a teenager and you are starting out like you have to pay your dues just like in, in any other thing like you have to pay your dues. You have to, you know, just make a make minimum wage like that's why they're called entry-level jobs and you know the people that work hard and they they go to school or they learn new skills like because I did like half and half so like I went to college and I went to college for criminal justice it was like nothing of what I actually did did in life um because originally like I wanted to become a police officer that was my aspiration I was like I'm gonna be a cop like I'm going to be a cop. I want to like solve some murders and become a detective and like do all these things. And it, it just like literally wasn't in the cards for me um, because of the way that like I lived my life. And that's fine because I'm, I'm, I have had so many different jobs and so many different experiences. And like, I, I really enjoy what I do now. Um, which is weird, but um, because like no one should like what I do, <laughs> but it, it is an important job, but I like it because it like minimizes nightmares, you know, sure. <laughs> you know, you just have to have like that weird mundane job that like isn't going to cause you absolute inner turmoil you know it's it's just one of those things but i i've worked at a factory i've worked at fast food i have worked at a law office i've worked at a medical facility you know like i have basically done it all i was like a bartender and you know i i've i've done it all and you know like really kind of figured out what i wanted to do and and i really did like working at the law office i i actually thought that i would be like a paralegal for life but with that comes not great responsibility because obviously it's all great responsibility when you're, you know, assisting an attorney. It's there comes cases that you will get that you do not necessarily agree with. And like they, they really do fuck with your head. They fuck with your morals, your head, um, especially like a divorced attorney. I never wanted to get married again, ever. Like once I got divorced, that was it. And once I seen what divorce can do to people and do to kids, and it, it was like, I I never wanted to touch it, you know? And it, it took Tim to make me realize like why I wanted to get married and the purpose of, of getting married again. So it, it, it takes a lot. And like when you see child abuse cases and stuff like that, that are like court appointed because we, we were not, we were not that kind of law firm like we were a domestic law firm we dealt with like environmental divorces custody cases um real estate wills like probate anything probate just your run-of-the-mill but we we didn't deal with criminal but every attorney 
would have to um, get on this court appointed list um, and it was like for their their county bar services. So the court just basically hands you a case and, and you you have to take the case. You're like now a, a, appointed. So whenever someone says, you know, like, oh, well, I got a court appointed attorney, it doesn't necessarily mean the attorney is shitty. You know, like everyone's like, oh, a court appointed attorney. They're like the bottom of the fucking barrel or what all attorneys have to be court appointed. Like if you want to be on the bar association and ha like have that high recognition, you have to do court appointed cases. So you could get like a really, really good fucking attorney and they're court appointed. They're only getting like 125 bucks, like an, an hour, maybe. You know, and you're only allowed so many hours to bill the court. So it's not like you're making fucking jack shit on these cases anyways. Um, but those corn appointed cases for the attorney that I worked for. Being a paralegal, I had to sift through a lot of um, child abuse. And I can no longer watch anything that has anything to do with abusing a child. Um, because I've seen photos, I've watched through all of the interviews, I've seen hospital records, I've witnessed testimony, and it, it is the most horrific, gut-wrenching shit that you, you will ever experience. And it's not something you can just shake. You cannot shake these images. You cannot hear like shake the the voices of the children in the interview when they're being conducted you know like you you cannot shake the 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 witness testimony to to these children being abused you can't get the images out of your head it it's it's so fucked up and when i switched when when my particular attorney that i assisted when she went on the donor list you know, because uh, she had a kidney disease and she needed a kidney. Um, she basically retired, except for she was still taking court appointments, but that wasn't enough to like pay my wage. And that's why ultimately I, I went and sought um, employment elsewhere. And that's when I got another job in a completely different field that has absolutely the most boring as shit you could possibly imagine. Yeah. It's like that for a reason. It's so that you don't you don't have to worry about what you're going to see when you close your eyes at night and what you worry about and whether or not any of your mistakes are going to cost those kids their lives. Yeah, You know, like it's not as fucked up. So like you, you have to take that, that, that not even a downgrade because it, it, it was an upgrade. It's just, you, you have to take that boring life and and make it your own um i complete like i am not even gonna lie i completely lost track of like what i was like where i was even going with that <laughs> um you know be, because oh i just like i got wrapped up in the emotional yeah. part of it you know so i'm just like oh my god <laughs> what the, the fuck, fuck was i, I even talking about <laughs> yeah like here i am going off on this tangent about this and and i completely completely lost my entire point but um the 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 whole point with the uaw is please just 
keep me apprised and, and I appreciate you keeping me educated. And um, I will continue to ask you any questions. Well, I appreciate I want... the fact that you are actually invested enough to actually do some research that it's going to take, you know, you take time, you're reading articles, you're looking at all this stuff because you have a genuine interest to know what is really happening, not just based what on on what is being portrayed, you know, right. so two right. different things. So I, I appreciate the fact that you have taken such a vested interest. And I know part of it stems because, you know, we're friends right. and you, like you care about what the hell's going on with me. And like, oh. that means a lot too. So, but it's, it's, it goes beyond that. It's, I'm not the only one that has the potential to be affected. We're talking about 150,000 workers and even more and more and more than that from their families and you know all and that's not counting all the little smaller shops that are making the parts and things of this nature so i mean this this is a tremendous um undertaking that affects a tremendous amount of people and ultimately has the potential to make a significant positive or negative impact on our overall economy in this country Right. Period. So right. let's let's stop walking around. Let's come to the table. Let's hammer out a respectable deal that's going to work for both sides of the equation. And let's go back to work and build some fucking vehicles. Yeah. End of story. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's shift a little bit of focus um, towards the end of this because I, I know we're definitely running over just a smidgen of time, maybe maybe just like a couple of minutes under an hour. Um, you know, because I, I don't want to drag this out for the listeners and then look at the time and be like, oh, my God, they talked for <laughs> that long. Um, but so in just a couple of days, I will officially be like, like a third metal, <laughs> like a third of my body will be titanium. <laughs> so, I don't even think it's Ten girl. <laughs> um, I will no longer be able to go through any kind of metal detector ever, <laughs> like ever again. Um, yeah, so I, I have that impending surgery coming up. Um, I am extremely nervous. I'm extremely uncomfortable. And most of the uncomfortable part. Um, yeah, I'm just going through this because this is like kind of like what I what I went through today, like this whole day, because I had like my final meetings with, um, you know, the person that kind of like oversees our, you know, our Clarkston office, and then um, my actual boss who actually resides in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, so, you know, I, I had their meetings and they're like, oh my God, how are you feeling? And so before you ask, I'm just going to go into the spiel. <laughs> you know, like, how are you doing with all this? Well, it's fucking weird because like, I, I know that this is coming up and I, I know exactly what to expect. Um, uh, plus or plus or minus a, a couple of things, you know, because they are um, in addition to replacing my entire hip and hip socket, they are also lengthening my leg, you know, which will consist of like a couple extra components. I, I don't really know how that will factor in pain wise, but um, I am just I am anxious 
and um, you know, definitely filled with anxiety. I am uncomfortable in pain right now because I'm not allowed to take anything for pain. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely nothing. I don't even think I'm supposed to drink right now, but of course I have my wine because it's like Wine Thursday. Um, but they they just don't, they make you stop like any and all medications, vitamins, everything like two weeks in advance to make sure that your blood is sick enough for surgery and that you don't bleed out. Right. So, and I mean, with the amount of ibuprofen that I was taking, because my biggest thing is anti-inflammatories. I was taking at least 1,600 milligrams of ibuprofen a day, and I know that that's that's a little bit unheard of. That's like eight ibuprofen pills a day. Um, it's way better than Vicodin or Oxy or anything like that. Um, but yes, I was taking that much ibuprofen, and now that I'm not allowed to take it, I'm I'm extremely stiff. And I'm in a lot of pain and I'm, I'm very irritable, but it's, it's weird because when I'm, I'm sitting here having a conversation with you and I I feel completely calm. Um, but I have that, I have that effect on people. I'm told you are so full of yourself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I mean, I, I, I like it. This is good conversation that we're having and I'm really interested in this. So it just kind of like takes my mind off like the uncomfortableness and like the pain of it. So, you know, it's that's probably why it's oddly calm. But like I, I cannot. It's really hard to like form thoughts and stuff like that. And, you know, I ju- I'm just trying to keep uh, my mind off it a little bit. Um, and then I'm extremely nervous about the upcoming pain. I know I handled it two years ago, um, like a fucking boss, like I'll I'll go ahead and toot my own horn, like a fucking boss. But that was two years ago and I am now older and I was pain-free for the most part for a while. And so I didn't, I didn't get used to how bad this felt. And I dealt with that pain, um, before I had gotten that first surgery for, you know, uh, uh, for the better part of six, seven years. Whereas I'm, I stopped dealing with that pain because it was fixed. And now this is the same kind of pain and I, I can't tolerate it like I, I used to. So that kind of scares me a little bit um, in that the first two weeks of recovery is the hardest and they're the most painful. Like, you're going to be flexing your muscle is healing like they tear completely they cut your entire like butt muscle and side muscle it's like right in half and then they sew you right back up so it's like anytime you move anything you are going to fucking feel it when you sit you are going to feel it when you stand you're going to feel it when you do anything anything at all besides just fucking lay there you are going to feel it and i'm I'm scared. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm fucking scared because I know what I could tolerate back then. And I don't think it's anywhere near what I can tolerate right now. And I think I'm in like a world of fucking pain coming up and it, it, it's scary. It's really fucking scary. And it's making me nervous. Like I could probably cry right now, but I'm not going to because I'm fucking stupid. I don't know. (laughs) No, you're not, you're not stupid. You're human. You know, and you're you you have every right to be nervous about it because of what the could be's. 
are. Yeah. You're looking at the worst case scenario, and I understand that. I do that from time to time. You expect the worst, hope for the best. Somewhere right. in the middle is where you generally land. Now, the, the silver lining is, even though this particular operation is going to be a little bit more extensive than what you have been used to, you've been down this road before. And I have no doubt that at that time, there was just as much of a concern about how you're going to handle the pain management aspect of this. Um, and like you said, you handled it like a fucking boss. And even though this time is a little bit more involved, there's a lot more going on with this particular operation, a legitimate operation, legitimate fucking procedure. Like this, this isn't something that gets done. And, and back home licking your wounds this ain't this is this is pretty substantial is and you you know take this for whatever it's worth i have maintained for as long as i've known you you are without a shadow of a doubt one of the strongest women i've ever known one of the strongest people i've ever known in general uh what you have endured is going to um, extend your quality of life you got to keep that in, in in your mind and i'm not telling you anything that you don't already know but what i will say is this you have a tremendous support system you have an amazing husband you have great kids you have awesome friends and you have a very very loyal fan base that is going to be sending you all the prayers, positive thoughts, juju, and all the other things that fall under that umbrella. The fact of the matter is, my dear, you've got this. And anything that I can do, anything that anybody can do that means something to you, like we're here for it, you, you just got to let us know, you know. But you're going to be amazing. And yeah, you're looking, you're, you're looking at pain. You're looking at an extended re recovery process, but you're Amy fucking Sheridan. And that means something. And you, you use that, you keep that in your forefront and you are going to far and exceed what is expected. I have no doubt because that's who you are. I believe in you. Your husband believes believes in you your fans believe in you and and we're here for it so as long as you keep that in your forefront and don't try not to and i know it's going to get difficult at times to let the thought of the pain override and dictate mood or your approach you're going to be just fine i have no doubt i love you i think you're awesome so <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here for, for it. I just gotta, I just gotta somehow make it through those two weeks. Those two weeks. It's like, it's like fucking boot camp. It's like, it's like hell week, you know, like it's, yeah. it's what everyone fears, you know? And like, I went through it before and it was the most unforgiving, painful, humbling, because you constantly need help. You can't shower or shit even pee by yourself like it it's incredibly humbling 
and it's incredibly painful. And that's what <laughs> like I just need to get through those two weeks, and then I'll be I'll be golden because then that starts like the real work, and you know the the physical therapy and and all that and like learning how to walk right again and you know getting your sl- sleep right again and you know, just strengthening those muscles, like that part I'm good at, you know, like I give me a routine, I'll fucking do it. But these two weeks, there's, there's no, there's no routine. It's like, it's literally, it's just pain. It's not, it's not a little, a little cut in your hip with just a couple stitches and someone went in there with a microscope. Like it's your entire ass cheek down your leg and it's completely cut in half. Right. And um, it's it's hard. It's tough. But I mean, I like I know I'm going to make it through. It's not like I'm going to die doing it. You know, right. it's, just, it's just that. Oh, my God. And like my my heart's like palpitating, like thinking about it, you know, like, oh, my fucking God. You know, like, I'm so not ready for this. And I, I think it's worse that I, I know what happens. Like, I know how I'm going to feel. That I think that makes it worse than, like, not knowing. You know, right. um, it's it's fucked up. Because <laughs> like, you just, like, know what you're in for. Um, yeah. So, I mean. Well, we are, uh, we're certainly going to be keeping you in our thoughts for sure. And like I said, we're going to send you all good vibes, prayers, you know, what, whatever, whatever you believe in, you know. That's so, that's so funny. You, you said thoughts and prayers, right? So I seen this meme, sidebar, seen this meme. It was funny. I almost sent it to you. I was trying to copy it, but it like wouldn't let me copy. It was a picture of some tater tots. And then on the bottom, it was a picture of, like, some juicy green pears. And it said, tots and pears. <laughs> Instead of thoughts and prayers. I was like, that's perfect. I would so use that. Because, I mean, anyone that's listened to this show for any amount of time, which I will also say, this is my 50th episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though it seems that? like there's. So many more, so many more. And it, it, of course, it doesn't even hold a candle to your, like, fucking 200. So. 200 coming up next week, yeah. My God. Nuts. It is not. Time flies, man. Time flies. But, yeah. Tots and, pear, tots and pears. I fucking I'm love it. Tots and pears and make no <laughs> mistake about it. Now that you've told me that, I'm incorporating that in some way or another. So, thank you, you for that. Tots and I'm actually writing that down. Like, whoever came up with that meme is a fucking genius. genius. And they yeah. like, <laughs> came out of my soul. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, other than that, um, I'm actually, instead of, instead of skipping episodes or taking a break, I am actually, I am actually going to attempt to fucking make it. So... I'm going to attempt to not have to skip an episode. I may, I may call up, call in some backup just so I don't sound fucking dumb or loopy. Right. But 
because this episode fell just the way it did, I think I can actually, I think I can do it. Like, I, I, I don't think that we're going to have a relapse in episode or that someone's going to have to take my episodes. Love that for us. I know. Like, I'm super fucking excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think everything's going to be a-okay a on the scheduling front, so. Good. Well, hey, listen, if not, we have backup plans. We have right. things that we can incorporate, so. Absolutely. Uh, listen, uh, as we put a bow on this, um, my phone is blowing up, as you can imagine, because we're on the eve of the next phase here. So I'm I'm trying to address everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God damn. Anyway, listen, you're going to be awesome. Keep us in the loop. Keep me in the loop. Let me know what's going on. Have Tim keep me, you know, abreast of the situation. And again, if there's anything that Brittany and I can do or anybody can do, please do not hesitate to reach out and, and let us know we're here for you. So thank you. Or we're a phone call away. Same goes for Tim. You know, he needs a break or something. He needs to get out of the house for a minute, but needs somebody to kind of hang out with you. Like I'm whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. We don't make poor decisions. <laughs> like fall in the toilet or yeah, fall in the well, bathtub. <laughs> All right. Uh, tots and pears to you. And Thank you. <laughs> uh, any questions, comments, feedback, show topic ideas, send it over to The Real Podcast over on Facebook. We read all of the messages that come in. Um, check out the online store at cafepress.com forward slash PFC network. Check us out over on TikTok as well. Uh, with that, go out, be awesome to yourselves and to each other. And uh, we'll be back here in two weeks with um, RoboCop. And we'll <laughs> listen. That that's going to be my one dig. That's going to be my one time I say that. I've been I've been waiting for the moment, and there it is. That's my one and done. <laughs> listen, we love you, and we are in your corner, and we're you know we're here for it. So. And with for everybody else, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you right back here in two weeks with the next new episode of The Real Podcast here on the PFC Entertainment Network.